Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I thought we had agreed that we weren't going to talk about our long, hot shower together. <laughs> I thought you and I had sort of made a deal, you know, like, hey, this is just, this is just us. This is just us, and I'm, I'm upset that you've now revealed my showering habits to everyone. Yeah. That was just with you. Yeah, we were just going to keep that, that one night in Buffalo on the road to ourselves. That's all right. Yeah. Everyone can yes. know about that. That's fun. Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, served by Applebee's. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. I'm Connor Rogers alongside Matthew Berry. Jay Cratcher, I guess, mortified after the shower reveal. He's probably he's showering here. with somebody else. I'm, I'm, I'm jealous. I'm that, a little jelly. Or uh, J5 promo code. Didn't sell enough magazines. Apparently not. I, I think the promo code is J, J10. J made it to yeah, 10. Yeah, I made yeah, it no, to 5. Yeah, it's Barry 20. If you want the NBC Sports, if you want, if you want this bad boy, go to NBCSports.com slash draft guide. Use promo code Barry20 for 20% off. Or if you only want 10% off, J10. And if you want 5% off, Connor 5. Those are the promo codes that will get you 5, 10, or 20% off. It just depends on how much you want to pay. Yeah. It's worth it, by the way. It's still a great deal at Connor 5. Great content. Yeah, 1,000%. The, the bougie, wealthy customers use And it's Connor updated 5. online. It's updated online all the time, so it's not like you have to worry about just the magazine going out of date. Everything like that. Anyway, uh, I will always remember Jay Croucher, our night, our one night in Buffalo, even if you do not. Have no fear. Jay will be back when we are back on Maybe. Wednesday. Maybe, Maybe he'll we'll be see. back. It's we'll up see. to him. Let's get into the Roto World headlines. We have a lot to get through That's today, right. Barry. And it starts with Alvin Kamara. Officially, he will be suspended per Adam Schefter. He'll be suspended three games for his role in a fight outside a Las Vegas nightclub in 2022. Uh, Jeremy Fowler reports that yep. free agent Kareem Hunt is expected to meet with the Saints now. So, Kamara, honestly... This isn't the, not only a, not a surprise, but a number of games that I think isn't overwhelming for Kamara with only three. No, I mean, what, what we said on, on Friday's show, we did that in the morning, so before the news broke, but we said, like, we think it'll be a couple of games. Three? A couple of games. Is a, is a couple of games, right? And so, um, you know, and they've, they've, they've had, you know, a couple of depth issues there in the, in the Saints' backfield as well. Yeah, so they're kicking the tires on Kareem Hunt. Let's, let's start there. Let's start with Kareem Hunt. Cream Hunt wasn't good Not at all. last year. Cream Hunt is a big name. By the way, a former fantasy ride or die. Cream Hunt's rookie year. One of my uh, one of my best calls. Um, but last year, you know, averaging under four yards per carry and yards per touch, career lows in both last season, uh, career low in receiving yards per game. Like all his underlying metrics were bad. And then you look at just sort of like the game film and and the numbers are like he couldn't get on the field. 
Like, they just, they didn't use him very much. Like, usually he's to be good for, like, oh, you know, Chubb will get 20, you know, 18 to 20 touches a game, and, you know, Hunt will get, like, 8 to 12, and it was more like 3 or 4. Like, it just, I don't, Kareem Hunt might be done. I don't know what happened to him last year in Cleveland, but he hasn't gotten nearly, it feels like, the amount of attention or camp visits that, Dalvin Cook or Leonard right. Fournette or Ezekiel Elliott, the other big-name running backs that are out there. So we'll see what happens here. This feels more about depth. They are going to be without Kamara for three games. But, I, I, you know, I've, I've Cream Hunt ranked as running back 60. So, you know what I mean? Like, he's going as running back 58, by the way, on, uh, over there in Yahoo. So uh, well, I want to talk about Kamara, though, now. And it's sort of like... I'm out on Kamara this year. Now, I'm at running back 32. His ADP is running back 26. So I'm lower to the consensus on him. I don't hate that. If you want to take him as your running back three as a mid-tier running back, you know, in that 20, running back 25 to 30 range, fine. But, you know, what you're hoping for is that we see the guy, not from last year, but from like a couple of years ago. We've talked about this, but last year, last year on a points-per-game basis from week nine on, he was running back 36. In the last two seasons, he's had six rushing touchdowns on 463 carries. And those six touchdowns came in two games. Like they used Taysom Hill in a bunch of ways. Now they've got Kendra Miller and Jamal Williams, who was a touchdown machine last year. I just don't know that you can feel great about the scoring equity of Alvin Kamara this year. He missed six games over the past two seasons. Like he has been injury prone. It's a new offense when you think about the fact that Derek Carr is there. Maybe Derek Carr dumps off a little bit more, but I don't know. Like To me, Derek Carr has got a big arm, likes to throw it deep, and oh, by the way, there's Chris Olave. You know, and they added Jimmy Graham as a red zone threat, whatever. They have but a million tight ends. Juwan Johnson, right, is there. I just, week eight of last year, he had a 42-point game. Great. Awesome. Amazing. He had one huge game. But you take that game out, and he averaged 12.1 fantasy points per game last year, which would have been running back 24. So you're looking at a guy who last year was more or less running back 24. He was a, he was a, he was a flex play. He was a flex play most weeks. And, oh, by the way, we know he's definitely missing three games, and he might miss more because he's missed six over the last two games. He's been injury prone. I just... Alvin Kamara, for me, this year, is a guy you wind up with, not a guy you target. You find yourself in the middle of your draft, and you're like, you need a running back, and you don't love, you're, you're good everywhere else, and you're just sort of like, okay, fine. Maybe, maybe he regains the magic. You know what I mean? But, like, he's not anyone I'm targeting, and there, there are players in his range that I like better, that I think have more upside than Alvin Kamara. I think he's a bigger name than production at this point of his career. Do not, I mean... I'll just tell you, I think Jamal Williams is a really good running back. Uh, obviously, he got a bunch of bunny touchdowns last year. But here's my last thing, too. Connor, and you can speak to this. I think Kendra Miller's really good. That's the big elephant in the room, right? The Saints kind of showing their hand that they're getting ready to move on. There's a third-round pick on Kendra Miller. It's like he was a fifth or sixth or seventh-round flyer, UDFA, a third-round pick after signing Jamal Williams. And now they're bringing in Kareem Hunt for a visit. The Saints are just showing their hand over and over again that the Camara days, the heyday of Camara, is starting to look like it's in the rearview mirror. And what are the Saints, like, again, Connor, you, you do such great work with the draft work, 
you know, for so many years at Bleacher Report, now with us at NBC Sports. What are the Saints getting in Kendra Miller? A guy that could be a workhorse in between the tackles. He's got enough juice to get outside. They know Jamal Williams can do that for them in the red zone, and they know Jamal Williams is great in pass protection. So I think Kendra Miller can steal those first and second down kind of carries, while Jamal Williams can be a third down back because of his blocking, a goal line back because of how good he is in the red zone. And when you factor that in, you start to wonder how much workload is there for Kamara. Of course, Kamara's not completely taken out of the offense, but is he one-third? Of the running back committee? Right. And, and again, we could see Kendry Miller once he gets in there and he un- learns on the pass pro and everything like that, like second half of the season. Here's the other thing that I think is interesting. So I interviewed Kendry Miller at the NFLPA rookie premiere. And, you know, I interviewed 40 players in one day. And they give you these, like, little facts, these little, you know, factoids, you know, things to talk to the players about. And one of the things it says on my sheet, right, is, is like, Kendry Miller's favorite player growing up was Jerry Rice. So that's like literally one of the first things I ask him, like, wait, you're a running back, dude. Why is Jerry Rice, who, by the way, his heyday was before, when you were a kid, Jerry Rice was already right. retired, right? I mean, we, we, you know, Kendry Miller was like 22 years old or whatever it is. I'm like, Jerry Rice. And he goes, he goes, growing up, I always wanted to be a receiver. Of course. You know, and Jerry Rice is the greatest receiver of all time. So he's like, I will watch clips on YouTube and whatever. And so, like, I don't think people appreciate, and we talked about this. He's just like, he's like, I can catch the ball. I take great pride in my hands and my skills. He's like, I did a drill where I was catching tennis balls in Saints camp, and they were blown away. He's like, they just, you know, at TCU, they just never needed him to be in the passing game. But he's like, I can catch the ball. I grew up wanting to be a wide receiver. I thought I was going to be a wide receiver, you know. And so I just think that's a very underrated underreported aspect of Kendry Miller's game. Yeah, they could tap into that ceiling. We have this conversation with running backs every year. It was Kenneth Walker at Michigan State. Everyone was like, he didn't catch any passes. It's not that he can't catch the ball. It's that he wasn't used that way in college. In TCU, the way their offense was constructed, Kendry Miller was a workhorse runner. He right. didn't need to be this dynamic receiving Because they went, passing-wise, they were very vertical. Yes, they had Quentin Johnson. Max right. Dugan, their quarterback, can run as well. Right. So he ate into a lot of some of the workload there. So Kendrick Miller, super high ceiling. And I think the Saints are eager to find out what he looks like as soon as they can. And that goes back to Alvin Kamara. Yes. Who, as you Again, said. Again, I'm lower on him. I'm at running back 32, lower than consensus. I probably won't have very many, if any shares of Alvin Kamara this year. More running back news. Our very own Mike Florio reports the Chiefs and the Broncos are among the teams interested in Raiders running back Josh Jacobs, who obviously has not been practicing at camp yet. He's not interested in playing on the franchise tag, as we've seen. But two teams in their division, Barry, interested. I don't know if it's poking the bear or just very interesting that they'd be, Jacobs would be on their radar. It, it's a weird one. This is a weird one. Now, listen, I will tell you this. I know Mike Florio pretty well. He legit has sources. Like, I, you know, I sit next to him, you know, in the, in the football night meetings and everything like that. His phone is constantly going off. Constantly going off. But this one's a weird one to me. A, because I don't think there's any chance the Raiders, if they do trade him, would trade him within the division. It'd be insane. And especially, to, you know, to, a, to the Super Bowl champion Chiefs. The other thing is, is that it doesn't feel like a need for either of those teams. Like, if you told me this te- if you told me the Colts were interested in Josh Jacobs, okay, you know, like, my problem for yours, like, that sort of makes sense, right? right? But it feels like um, for, the Saint- for the Chiefs, who got such great, proje- per- uh, f- such great production from Isaiah Pacheco and Jared McKinnon, they still have Clyde Edwards-Elair on the, on, the, on the roster as well. 
just feels like, again, because, again, Jacobs is really good, but, like, I don't know, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl with a group that they had. Like, And then you think over to Denver, and I guess, again, unless the camp reports about Javante Williams being, you know, so, but they signed Samaj P. Ryan to a real contract right. as well. Like, you know, they have some other guys there too. I just, it doesn't feel like it's those two teams are like, if I said to you, hey, there's two teams in the NFL that really are interested in Josh Jacobs, those are not the first two that come to mind. I think what jumps running back. Yeah, what jumps out to me is that teams are now in the sniffing around phase of Josh sure. Jacobs because it's a wonder of, Obviously, the Raiders is a great fantasy spot for him to play, but if that relationship officially uh, you know, comes to an end at some point, it's a matter of what are the landing spots that make Josh Jacobs as, maybe saying as good as last year where he led the league in rushing is unfair, but the right. same caliber of player in fantasy, I think, is what would be interesting in a trade. Nine different games with at least 19 fantasy points last year. No running back in the NFL had more games of, you know, uh, 15 or more fan- 19 or more fantasy points as well. Six different games with 150 total yards, twice as many as any other running back. Stat after stat after stat. Pick a stat. Josh Jacobs is awesome last year. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a little nervous. Like, again, we've talked about this on this show. Like, if there was a guy that you were like, who had the wherewithal, the, the you know, internal fortitude. Nice pivot. The internal fortitude to not... Um, to not report, to say, like, I'll take the fine. I'll forego money. I'm making a point about not only my pay, but the pay for other running backs. I think it's Josh Jacobs. Like, again, as he, we, he has faced tougher adversity in his right. life than this. And so we'll see. You have to hope they come to their senses and that there's some sort of, like, Austin Eckler slash Saquon Barkley type deal where they give him a little bit more money for the one year, let him save face, okay, He's there, he's back, and at the end of the year, either they se- separate or they work out a long-term solution. I think he's a guy that, unlike Saquon Barkley, needs to negotiate that, hey, I'll play here this year on the tag, maybe I get another million in incentives, but I'm only signing this if you write in that you can't tag me again next year. I was surprised Barkley didn't get that written in his deal, and maybe that's what Jacobs, maybe yeah. that's the compromise, that he can't be tagged twice. Yeah, and I, but I wonder, though, I think it's two things. Um... Again, you sort of know what, what each leverage. But I will just say that I think if you are Saquon Barkley, who is a very famous player, highly marketable, on a playoff team with a great coach and living in, you know, the biggest media market in the world, right? I mean, like, if you're Saquon, there's, there's a lot of value beyond just the actual money of being the star running back of the New York Giants, especially this year. Again, playoff team, and you're, if you're a star in New York... Like, you can make a lot of money doing a lot of other things. Whereas being the star running back of the Las Vegas Raiders, a team that we expect to struggle this year, that, that's actually going to be in contention for the number one pick, you know, if, unless things get crazy. Like, so, like, there's, there's a different set of considerations for Josh Jacobs than I think there are there for Saquon Barkley. Yeah, I think that's fair. As the Jonathan Taylor situation continues on in Indianapolis, the Colts signed Kenyon Drake. Obviously, Drake last played with the Ravens. I feel like we always end up somehow back in the Kenyon Drake conversation. Yeah, are you shocked, by the way, that Kenyon Drake found a gig before uh, Dalvin Cook? Or Ezekiel Isn't that that on the bingo card? Right, Leonard Fournette. Right. And I tweeted that out, and people were like, yeah, well, he's playing for the minimum. You know, those guys want a lot of money. I said, I get it. But yeah, Kenyon Drake's been playing for the minimum for a couple of years a long now. Time. I mean, it's like, not news. It's, yeah. No, I mean like 
I'm still saying I don't care. Kenyon Drake at the minimum versus Dalvin Cook at whatever he's demanding. I still think Dalvin Cook would have gotten a gig before Kenyon Drake, but that's the world we live in. I don't think there's any fantasy relevance here. If Taylor holds out, if something happens, then yes, sure. But this to me felt like they also lost Zach Moss. Zach Moss got injured. Uh, he's going to be out a significant amount of time. So I think this was more about depth in the running back room and more about the Zach Moss injury than I think it was any kind of like, you know, shot across the bow to Jonathan Taylor. Like if I'm Jonathan Taylor, I'm like. Not sweating this. Yeah, it, you're totally. I'm like, I got to come good. back. Kenyon Drake's here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, what am I going to do? Kenyon Drake. Like, you know, like, all due respect to Kenyon Drake. Like, he's not the same kind of player as Jonathan Taylor. Like, he's fine. But, like, again, I'd rather draft Deion Jackson than Kenyon Drake at this point. I like Deion Jackson, by the way. Who, uh, he played well last he year did, when he got nice a shot. Yeah, yeah, and then, they, you know, they, they ended up doing the, the Hines-Zach Moss deal midseason. But I thought Deion Jackson, when he got a shot on a bad team in Indianapolis, actually played well. ESPN's Eric Woodard reports the Lions expect a two-headed monster at running back with Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery. Barry, everything out of Detroit's camp seems like Montgomery is going to get a sizable amount of touches running downhill, and we know how much the Lions love Gibbs as a pass catcher. They really do. We've seen all the video. They're excited that they got him at running back. They got him at 12 overall. Like, to pick yeah, a running back. At right, right. And they were thrilled. So I think Gibbs is going to be a huge part of their offense. I love Gibbs. I will tell you this. Gibbs was on the short list for my fantasy ride or die. Obviously, I ultimately went with his teammate, Amon Ross St. Brown, but Jameer Gibbs was on my short list of somebody that I, you know, so, like, if I was going to do it positionally, like, he'd be my running back ride or die. Having said that, I will tell you, so when I was out at Football Night in America, we, you know, we did the preseason uh, game at the Hall of Fame. Let's talk with Jason Garrett. Now, Jason Garrett was in Detroit I think you saw a clip of it. If you watch Football Night in America, you saw a clip of Jason talk with Dan Campbell. They had an interview. You'll see uh, more of that. Obviously, we opened the season in Kansas City, Lions versus the Chiefs. That is the first game of the year right here on NBC and Peacock. I'm a company man. But my point of telling you all this is that Jason Garrett went to Lions camp as part of our, you know, as part of what we're doing to broadcast the Lions-Chiefs game uh, in the opening game of the season. And he told me, just we're just talking, he goes, they love David Montgomery there. They love him. He's going to, they think he's like, you know, a true power runner. They can do what they like. So again, if the easy kind of lazy comparison is, oh, Gibbs is going to be DeAndre Swift. David Montgomery is going to be Jamal Williams. And I think that's kind of lazy and easy. And I don't, I think it's more nuanced than that. I think they'll use Gibbs more and they'll be more creative with Gibbs in a way that they weren't with Swift. They kind of had to keep Swift in bubble wrap. But I also think it's not 100% inaccurate either. I do think, I do think David Montgomery is getting 200 touches, and I think he's going to get some high-value ones as well. I do think I have Gibbs higher than, um, than Montgomery because of the passing game usage, because I think he's just a more dynamic player. I think he's a better NFL player at this point. You know, we haven't seen him on the field, but I think he's just a better football player than Dave Montgomery. But make no mistake, Dave Montgomery is going to have a good year. He's going to have a very good fantasy year. Potent offense. Smart offensive coordinator. They can throw the ball so well between the 20s, they get the opportunity to run inside the red. And by the way, sneakily, one of the best offensive lines in football. Absolutely. You know? I mean, they can block. And so Dave Montgomery's a guy who never gets hurt. Uh, 12 of the – I mean, like last year, a little bit banged up, but literally, like, uh, of his 15 healthy games last year, he got over 15 touches in 12 of them. Again, for a terrible Browns season. All four years he – Bill, a Bears – 
how many Bills B's team can I name? All right, sorry, English is my second language. Look, the fact of the matter is, is that for the Chicago Bears, over a thousand yards from scrimmage, over two hundred thirty touches, all four seasons that Montgomery has played in Chicago. Like he's, you sign him to be a workhorse, right? And that's what he's going to be. I think they'll sprinkle in Gibbs again. I prefer Gibbs to Montgomery, but I don't mind having both those guys on my team. And the Lions finally feel like a team that should be playing with some leads. Yes. Turn around, hand the ball to David Montgomery, help, have him help you close out games. Yeah. Over- Dolphins coach Mike McDaniel said running back Devon A. Chain uh, is dealing with a leg injury where he is day-to-day. Obviously a crowded Dolphins backfield here. You have Raheem Mostert, who, if you've heard Turned him speak, he sounds very excited for another big year. Yeah. Jeff Wilson is there. They're still connected very loosely to Dalvin Cook, and of course they used a pretty high pick on Devon A. Chain, an explosive speed threat that I know you were a fan of in college as well, Barry, but dealing with a minor injury here. Yeah, until I know that it's more anything than that, I'm not worried about it. But again, over the last three years, Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson Jr. have have combined to miss 38 games. 38 games. Devon A. Chain is one of my favorite players coming out of college. Um... I've watched a lot of Devon A. Chain. He's a tough kid. I know everyone talks about him as a speed guy, but again, you watch him in the SEC. He goes between the tackles. He is he is tough to bring down. Um, I believe he can uh, ultimately be a workhorse. Again, not you know not, uh, but I, I I think he I think he profiles better than some people think who think of him as just a speed guy. I think he is more than that. I think he plays bigger than his size kind I'm of with thing. You. Yeah. And. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, he's my, he's, he's my favorite of the Dolphins' running backs. I think they'll all have value at some point this year, and I think you'll see McDaniel mix and match and play the, play the matchups. But uh, he's my running back 40. His ADP's running back 48, so I'm you know, significantly higher than him on con, uh, than the consensus ranks. And, yeah, give me some Devon A-chain. When my, I'll say this. At some point I have to get off my butt and write love-hate, my preseason love-hate. When it comes out, Devon A. Chain will be in the others receiving votes section of my love-hate. Best part is you can write it sitting down. You actually don't have to get up. Yeah, it's true. I, I probably will. So. The show is back, and so is the Roto World Fantasy Football Draft Guide. Stay connected throughout training camps with updated player rankings, team profiles, and projections that will help you win your fantasy league. Go to NBCSports.com slash draft guide and use promo code Barry20 or Connor5 for 20% off at checkout. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 
In the spirit of this being the Fantasy Football Happy Hour, we have a new segment, a guest bartender segment, where we welcome in someone to help us pour some drinks, talk some fantasy football. And our guest this week is Terrence Morley, part of the NBC family, NBC's VP of Talent Development. Let's welcome in Terrence. Thank you so much, Connor, and thanks both of you for having me today. Um, serving up some drinks and some questions. Uh, tell me about your leagues. So you're in a couple leagues, right? I'm in a couple leagues. My oldest league, my college league, uh, University of Scranton, goes all the way back to 2005. It's the first time we're doing keepers. Okay. So last year we said we're going keeper, want to keep it interesting. 12-team PPR, no kicker, no defense. We, we don't need those. Right. So you can keep two. And here are my five choices right now. I would love your thoughts on who potentially to keep in some of those. Okay, before you get there, here, then, if you would love my thoughts here, why don't you just do that? You can use promo code Barry20. Just there, hold that up. There you go. There we go. Promo code Barry20 if you want 20% off of the NBC Sports Draft Guide or NBCSports.com slash Draft Guide. You can use the promo code Connor5 for 5% off. You can, Barry20, if you use the promo code Barry20, you get 20% off. If you use the promo code Connor5, you get 5% off. So either way, at NBCSports.com slash Draft Guide, go ahead. All right. So we have Travis Etienne. Would cost a second. Mm-hmm. DJ Moore would yep. cost a third. Christian Kirk would cost a fifth. Antonio Gibson a seventh, and then finally Ken Walker an eighth. Okay. So I really think it's between the three. I think it's Ken Walker, Antonio Gibson, and Christian Kirk. Those are my three guys. Let's start with the obvious one. I think it's Ken Walker in the eighth, which is really a tenth round pick for you in essence. You know, I mean, for me, uh, Ken Walker is a guy that once he became the starter last year. Ken Walker was a top 10 fantasy running back. He was top five of the NFL in rushing yards. From the point that he took over for uh, Rashad Penny, on a points-per-game basis, he was a top 10 fantasy running back. He averaged over 17 fantasy points per game in all of his games uh, as a starter. Top five in rushing yards in the NFL. I know they have Zach Charbonnet uh, as well, but I I actually think he's going to, assuming health for both guys, first off, I think the offense will be a lot better with the addition of JSN, second year under Geno Smith. I also think that uh, Pete Carroll has usually been a one-running-back guy. Like, so I think 65-70% of the work for Kenneth Walker, assuming health for both guys, he's a eighth-round eighth pick, really a tenth-round pick, so Walker is there. You get to Antonio Gibson. Love me Antonio Gibson this year. I think Eric Bannemey is going to use him quite a bit in the passing game. But on Yahoo's going as running back 39. He's going as a ninth rounder. So in essence, you're getting him for cost. So why waste a keeper on him? Because you could get him there. You could get him there. So I think your answer is Christian Kirk for the second one, right? I am at wide receiver 24, 50th overall, which is like a sixth round pick. So you're able to keep him for, in essence, a seventh round pick because a five, right? Add the two rounds. So for me, Kirk, who last year, 23% target share, top five among wide receivers in red zone targets. Yes, they added Calvin Ridley. So Probably less targets, but a little bit more efficient. I think the Jaguars actually have a great year offensively. Second year for Lawrence in Peterson's system. I'm in on the Jaguars' offense this year. So for me, that's your answer, Walker and Kirk. Walker and Kirk. So my work league, uh, yes, we go full NBC. We use the British Open to, de- to determine draft. <laughs> that is okay. We pick names randomly. I got Rory this year. All right. Despite, you know, he came off the Scottish Open one. He, you know, he finished second. Okay. So I have the number two pick. Again, okay. same settings, PPR. No kicker, no defense. You know, it's easy to read the rankings the first round, obviously, but how do you, you know, your advice for really crushing a draft from the two spot? Yeah, I mean, I, look, I'm a big believer in play the hand you're dealt, let the draft come to you. I don't like going in a draft saying, well, I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this. So you're probably a better judge having been with these guys for a long time and knowing them how they draft. I mean, look, I have Jefferson at one, McCaffrey at two. 
I have Chase at three. I think any of those guys, one of them will be available to you at two. If you go by my ranks, if Jefferson goes one, then I think you take McCaffrey. But if you're like, ah, I'm a little bit nervous about the splits when Mitchell has been healthy or the injury history and you want to go Jamar Chase, you're not losing your league because you have Jamar Chase. To me, I think what I would probably do is come out of the first three rounds with one running back and two wide receivers or reverse. And then a 4-5 turn, you could get Lamar, like a Lamar Jackson or a Joe Burrow there, plus then best available. And if you wanted to, again, like I'm high on Hawkinson, so Hawkinson in the fifth is kind of interesting. And then you're like, you've got two wide receivers, a running back, you've got your quarterback and tight end, and then you can just pound running back and wide receiver the rest of the way. A huge thank you to our guest bartender for today, Terrence Morley. And a reminder, the Premier League is back Saturday on NBC and streaming on Peacock. Head to Northwest England, where the surprise club of last season, Newcastle, looks to continue their great form take on Aston Villa, 12.30 p.m. Eastern time on NBC and Peacock. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, Barry, we continue going through your positional rankings. If you missed it last Friday, we went through 1 through 10. So a reminder here, here's Barry's top 10 overall for the 2023 fantasy season, headlined by Justin Jefferson today. We're going to go all the way to 30. So we'll start with 11 through 20, which is led by Devontae Adams, C.D. Lamb, Saquon Barkley, A.J. Brown, and Nick Chubb to round out that top 15. And then Tony Pollard at 16 here, Barry, as we get a little run on some interesting running backs. Huge expectations for Tony Pollard this year with Ezekiel Elliott currently out of the picture. Yeah, I'm at 16. His ADP is 17.1, so I'm slightly higher than him on consensus. Remember, he's also... Our cover boy here on the Roto World Fantasy Football Draft Guide. You know, look, again, if the Cowboys do bring Ezekiel Elliott back, that would be a thing. Uh, but at the moment, the expectation is it's like it's him and like Malik Davis and, and Deuce Vaughn. Deuce Vaughn. Uh, like, I mean, yeah. that backfield is all for him. So we expect a ton of touches for Tony Pollard. In his career, he's had 13 games where he's had 15 or more touches. And in those games... He averages 19.6 fantasy points per game. That would have been the third best running back in fantasy last year. He averaged over five yards per carry, nine yards per reception. Him and Travis Etienne, that's the entire list of running backs that average at least five yards per carry and at least nine receptions per uh, yards per reception, right? And I think here's a shocking stat because I think because he was so effective in space 
And because when you watch Cowboys games, you watch him next to Ezekiel Elliott, who's just like this, you know, massive mountain of a guy. But the fact of the matter is, is that last year, Tony Pollard led all running backs in yards after contact. I think you'd win some bar bets with that, right? We're in a bar. Like, name the running back that, like, uh, led running backs in yards after contact per rush last year. You'd think Nick Chubb. You'd think Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry, right? Nope. Tony Pollard uh, with 3.82 yards per after contact per rush. He had the highest average. So this is a guy that can go between the tackles. We expect this offense um, to, uh, you know, to be pretty good, to be efficient. Dak doesn't really run as much anymore. Mike McCarthy has said he wants to run more. Now, it's also Mike McCarthy. If there's one negative to Pollard, it is Mike McCarthy. This is a guy that, you know, when Aaron Jones was, was blowing up, would still insist on, you know, the plotting A.J. Dillon or other, you know, or Jamal Williams just would never, like, I literally started free Aaron Jones because of Mike McCarthy. Like, I, I, you know, that hashtag free Aaron Jones. So I, I, I never put anything past Mike, Mike McCarthy. Could he all of a sudden give 8 to 12 touches a game to Malik Davis and you're like, what are we doing here? Or like or Deuce Vaughn? Or, but, um, but, yeah, and crazy talented player on a good offense, solid offensive line, should get a lot of work. You know, uh, there, he's on the cover for a reason. So Pollard comes in at 16. Right after him at 17 is Derrick Henry. And you know the conversation every year here, Barry, is when are the wheels going to fall off the bus for Derrick Henry? The Titans prefer to keep running him into the ground. I don't think he's prime Derrick Henry anymore, but he's certainly still effective where you would use a top 20 pick on him. I have him at 17. His ADP is actually 14.6, so I'm lower on consensus than him. But it's worth noting, by the way, my ranks are built for PPR. We take our ADP from Yahoo, which is half-point PPR, so that's probably the discrepancy here. Five straight seasons with double-digit rushing touchdowns for Derrick Henry. He just seems to defy logic. I know we, we keep waiting for the wheels to fall off, but then last year he came back from a devastating injury and was Derrick Henry again. And I do think that this year, with the addition of DeAndre Hopkins and the emergence of Traylon Burks, and even, by the way, seeing the late-season success of, of my guy Chiga Conquo, the fact of the matter is, is that Derrick Henry should still see less eight-man fronts than he has. He probably has led the league in eight-man fronts, him or Nick Chubb, over the last couple of years, right? And so just ha- I think it will be maybe he won't get nearly the volume. Maybe he won't even be as efficient. But I think he will find easier running lanes, and they're still going to run when they get in close. He's still going to get all the money touches. So, again, I think even with slightly less volume, uh, I think more efficient runs and – I think it'll be a better offense because of Hopkins there, that they'll be in scoring position more often. I think he's a top 20 player overall. I'm as one of my top running backs again. He comes in at 17 overall for me. And they still haven't added anyone to that backfield where you're always no. wondering, when are they going to start lightening the workload? Ty J. Spears isn't going to do that from Derrick Henry. No. He's a nice player. Sure. He's definitely a good insurance running back to draft if you draft Derrick Henry. But no, like it's you're Derrick not Henry like – show. He ain't he, – yeah. He ain't taken any – meaningful touches from Derrick Henry if Derrick Henry's healthy. After Derrick Henry at 18 is Garrett Wilson, obviously the reigning offensive rookie of the year. He was able to do that catching passes from Zach Wilson, Joe Flacco, Mike White, even Chris Strebler once upon a time. Now Aaron Rodgers is in town, Barry, and the expectations for Garrett Wilson are obviously through the roof with that connection. Rightfully so. Aaron Rodgers already comparing to Devontae yeah, Adams. Again, this, this is a stat that I gave on Football Night in America, but last year with Mike White and Joe Flacco on our center, he averaged 17.1 fantasy points per game. 
Now, with Zach Wilson, it was like single digits, so I had to throw at Zach Wilson. I had to make it you know, sound better for national TV. But the fact of the matter is, is with competent quarterback play, the guy was a superstar. And now he gets Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers has already compared him, again, like I said, to Devontae Adams. Last year, he was top 10 in red zone targets. Garrett Wilson was. Top 10 in red zone targets, top 8 in end zone targets. And then you think about how often Aaron Rodgers liked to look for Devontae Adams when they got in close. Aaron Rodgers wants to... Um, Aaron Rodgers wants good numbers. He wants, I think he, I think he wants to, you know, um, for everyone that's been saying he's done, for people that, you know, question his commitment to Green Bay, for people that are questioning Nathaniel Hackett, I think he wants to look up at the end of the year and have really good numbers. So I, I wouldn't be surprised that more often than not, like they get to the five-yard line and, you know, whatever, it's Brees Hall up the middle, and he checks out of that, and it's a quick little slant to Garrett Wilson and just going to, I'm going to just take a quick little gimme touchdown. Um, so, especially when you think about the fact that at the moment, Dalvin Cook is not signed. We don't expect a full workload for Brees Hall. We'll see what happens with Bam Knight or, um, or Michael Carter or some of the other guys they have there. But Israel... And Banakanda. Thank you. Um, uh, I, I know how to pronounce his first name. Yeah, no, we were just doing the Miami Heat alley-oop meeting. Yeah, they, perfect. Yeah. Exactly. I, but my, I, I just... Yeah, I mean, Garrett Wilson... Garrett Wilson's going to have a monster year. He's a top 10 wide receiver for me. He's 18 overall. Insanely talented, and now he's got a quarterback. He's been dealing with a minor ankle injury in camp, but Robert Sala expects him to return to practice when they have joint practices with the Carolina Panthers leading up to their Saturday preseason game. So no concern on the health front for Garrett Wilson, who is followed on the list at 19 by Jalen Waddell, who is an absolute star-wide receiver, maybe the best number two, him or T. Higgins, in the entire league. It's just that he plays in an offense with Tyreek Hill right. that people forget how insanely productive Waddle has been. He led all wide receivers in yards per target last year, 18.1 yards per reception. That also led the NFL. He had six different – I'm sorry, he had eight different games with six or more targets, 22.7 fantasy points per game. And to your point, like – it was Mike McDaniel's first year in the system, and they're also incorporating uh, Tyreek Hill. They had inconsistent quarterback play because of the injuries to Tua Tungavailoa and then Taylor Bridgewater. I mean, they literally had to start a playoff game with a third-string undrafted rookie quarterback, right? Yeah. yeah by the way, and Scott Thompson balled out. Didn't do bad. No. I'll say it. No, absolutely. Gave the Bills a, at least a you know, bit of a scare at a moment there. If they could have gotten the plays in on time, yes. you know, like it might have been a different story. Uh, just – you know, again, off of the injury, uh, like, you know, he was he banged up coming out of college, right? So there's concerns there. Yep. Uh, Jalen Waddle's a special player. I, don't, I mean, where did you have him coming out of the draft? Only behind Jamar Chase, which... Right. One of, one of the good takes yeah. of things. I mean, special, special, special. Because of the speed and how refined the speed is. He's yeah. not a guy that's... We need to throw him a screen for him to be effective. He's a great route runner. He can win deep. Mike McDaniel knows how to perfectly use speed in his scheme, and that's why Waddle was so impactful. And I think when you look at Tyreek, who as he gets older and maybe deals with a couple more injuries here and there, it's a situation where Waddle's effectiveness or impact only goes up from there. Yeah. He's just a phenomenal I, he, player. He's a phenomenal player. It's going to be a wide-open offense. We're hoping for health from Tua, but the fact of the matter is, as we saw, these guys can all produce, regardless of who's on our center, because of because of their talent and speed and because of the play calling of Mike McDaniel. So his ADP is uh, 25. I'm at 19. So I'm significantly higher than on him than consensus. I'm in on the Miami Dolphins this year. I'm in on that offense. 
I'm certainly in on Jalen Waddle. To round out the top 20 is Jonathan Taylor there. Let me ask you this, Barry. At what point does Taylor start to take an impact the wrong way in the rankings? So what is the – not the date, that's not fair, but what is the timeline where you look at it and go, can I still take Jonathan Taylor in the top 20? Yeah, I mean, I just – every day that goes by and there's no resolution to this makes you a little bit more nervous, right? And I sort of get – I mean, he's already lower than – he would be if he were in camp and sure. healthy and everything was fine. So there's, there's absolutely concern. Because here's the thing. I, I no longer write the draft day manifesto. Uh, but when I did, one of the things that I will tell you is that we, we studied this back when I was at ESPN. We looked at all the, all the leagues and all the data. Something like 33% of your starting, your starting lineup uh, fantasy production comes from your first two picks. Like... You have to nail your first two picks. Otherwise, you're, if, and if you don't nail your first two picks, then you've really got to find the, you know, the, 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 uh, the late-round guys that just pop in a big way, right? You've got to find the Josh Jacobses of the world sure. that, that pop in a big way or Cooper Cup from two years ago. You've got to find those guys. Because tough way to live. Tough way to live. No, and there's guys out there. I mean, Damian Pierce, same thing, right? You know, last year he popped in a way. Ramondre Stevenson, one of my big guys in the preseason, popped in a way. So you have to do it, but it just gives you more work. Thirty-three percent of your first two, of your of your fantasy production in general come from your first two picks. You've got to nail your first two picks. So yes, you get concerned when you're sitting there, you know. And am I really drafting Jonathan Taylor? Who who knows? Does he hold out? Does the Colts like? Just it just feels like an ugly situation. I have him where I have him right now. I'm hoping for the best. It's still early in the process, but yes, the longer it goes on, that Jonathan Taylor is not in camp's camp in Colts camp on the practice field, smiling and happy, the more concerned you get and the lower he drops. Let's jump into 21 through 30. 21, this kicks off here with Josh Jacobs, who we've talked a lot about on our last couple of shows. 22, Jalen Hurts leads the quarterbacks here, Barry. I'm assuming, yeah, and you have them stacked. It goes Hurts, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, but Hurts last year's ride or die. You see the greatest ride or die of all time? People are wondering. But also the fact that the rushing really, really helps him in this category too. I think it's the greatest ride of die of all time for this reason and this reason only. Like, because I've had some massive hits. Uh, Kareem Hunt's rookie year was a massive hit. Josh Jacobs' rookie year was a massive hit. Um, uh, Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler, when uh, he was going late second round, and everyone was just like, well, Austin Eckler's just a pass catcher. He's a, he's a glorified third down back. He's not going to score touchdowns. And I'm like, guys, they're going to use, it's, it's Lombardi. They're going to use him the way they use Alvin Kamara. Like, he can score touchdowns. Like, you know, and, he ended up finishing as, I think, the, the number one running back or the second best running back in fantasy that year. So that was a massive win as well, just because the narrative was so strong that he wouldn't score touchdowns. And then the year he was my right or right, he scored 18 touchdowns. But I'm going to say Jalen Hurts is my greatest one and because for two reasons. Number one is, is that um, the bar to clear was so high. Again, like... It wasn't like it's not that he was an unknown quantity. That's the other thing is I get I get people like oh everyone knew who he was. Yeah, the idea of ride or die isn't like hey here's this obscure guy. Right, it's not a sleeper. It's, it's not a sleeper. It is this is a player who is known that I believe in so strongly that I'm planting this huge flag. This is the guy that I will not waver from. That I am riding or dying with him, and I think he says it takes a big step up. I have him higher than consensus. I believe in this guy above all others. So that's what it is. It's, it's, it's planting my flag on somebody in a big, massive way. So for Jalen Hurts, like, to get to – he had to beat Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes 
and Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert, all these guys that were being dra- and Kyler Murray, all these guys that were being drafted ahead of him. He had to jump. He was being going as quarterback eight. So number one, there was a there was just from a football standpoint, just a, a massive gap that he had to make up. And it doesn't necessarily mean you have to if you're to be my ride or die and be successful, then you have to finish as number one. But what I said on air was, as I said, so many questions out of Philadelphia were, can this guy be a franchise quarterback? Can you know, like they were like Eagles fans were pissed that the Eagles didn't draft a quarterback when they had a, a sixth round, a, you know, the sixth overall pick, and then they traded back with Miami, and then they had a top twelve pick overall. But they were like they were pissed that they didn't take at least a quarterback, and. You know, Howie Roseman was like, like, no, we're going with Jalen Hurts. And people were like, ah, his accuracy, blah, blah, blah. He's just a runner, that kind of stuff. And I went on national TV and I said, guys, I believe he is a franchise quarterback. I believe he can make a third-year Josh Allen-like leap, like the way that Josh Allen made in the third year. I think number one quarterback in fantasy is well within the range of outcomes here for, Josh, for Jalen Hurts. And I gave a bunch of reasons why. And two things happened. Number one is, is that he... Uh, he wound up as the number one quarterback in fantasy on a points-per-game basis. That worked out. And then secondly, by the way, he was also, um, he became a franchise quarterback. He came within, you know, he, almost, he led them to a Super Bowl. Came very close to winning that Super Bowl. He played awesome it's in the Super Bowl. The, the, Super Bowl. The, the fumble was bad, but other than that, like, he had a phenomenal, he's not the reason they lost that Super Bowl. He had a phenomenal Super Bowl. He became a franchise quarterback. He became, at least for a minute there, the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL, like, it wasn't just fantasy. He became uh, the face of a franchise, the face, one of the faces of the league. And, and so, like, that just massively worked out. And then I'll just also talk personally. It's the very first thing I ever did for NBC Sports. I've been at ESPN for 15 years. And now I'm coming, for the first time in my life, I'm not only at a new company, but I'm also part of NFL coverage. Right no, at ESPN, it was always the fantasy guy was over here. NFL coverage, we're doing Monday Night Countdown, and NFL Live, and blah blah blah. And then I was over here in my little fantasy world, um, doing my fantasy shows and stuff like that on ESPN. It was separation of church and state. But at NBC, and it was one of the big reasons I came to NBC. Is NBC's like, no, 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 we want you to be part of our NFL coverage. How we cover the league is going to include fantasy and sports betting. And so this is my first time, right? And so I'm out there, and literally like. The Hall of Fame game was my first day that I'd ever met a lot of these people. It's the first day I've ever met Hall of Fame coach Tony Dungy. It's the first time I've met Maria Taylor. It's the first time I've met, should be in the Hall of Fame, Rodney Harrison. Right? I mean, you know, like, and so, and like, and, you know, I, I wasn't on air with him, but like, I met Chris Collinsworth there, you know, like, back at the hotel. Right. And, and so, like, it's big for me. And I'd met Jason Garrett once before, but now I'm like, I'm on a stage with him, on TV with Jason Garrett, right? And uh, so all these, like, great football minds, and I'm the fantasy guy coming in, and the very first thing I say, and Chris Sims, who knows quarterbacks backwards and forwards, I'm doing the segment with Chris Sims, right? Son of Phil, fantasy, you know, football royalty, NFL royalty, um, and I'm doing the segment with Sims, and, and Sims has been public about this, that he didn't, from the tape work that he does, and Chris, you know, study, you know, Chris puts in the work, I got to tell everyone. Chris uh, absolutely puts in the work. And so Chris is telling me, like, he's like, I'm hearing from guys. They don't like how he goes through his progressions. I don't know that I see it there. And I'm going on national TV. First thing I do, first day, I'm saying, guys. This is the guy. This is the guy. (laughs) I think he can be Josh Allen this year. And I was like, okay, dude. So the fact that it worked out was just massive for me personally, internally. I think it helped me a lot internally here at NBC Sports um, and with my colleagues who, you know, have forgotten more about football than I'll ever know. And so, um, yeah, I mean, 
that's a long rant, but yeah, Jalen Hurts will always, always, always have a very special place in my heart. Jalen Hurts. If I could have made him my ride or die again this year, I would have. Eh, you know what? In, in your heart, he's still heart. always a rider. Well, yes. But I'm on Ross St. Brown season. But by the way, but Jalen Hurts is my number one quarterback this year. Sure. Like, over. Right? And we're going to go Every right transition here. Transition. to it, right? Over Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. And we'll start right there with Josh Allen, who we heard this last summer. The Bills would like him to maybe run a little less often. Yes, right. they took James Cook that offseason with the second round pick. Yes, they've added a guy like Damian Harris. They do have depth at the running back position. What makes Allen so valuable, obviously, he's a great thrower, but the running threat that he has been in fantasy, is it sustainable, you think, this year? You don't have that fear of it dropping off a little bit? What was the, what was the Cam Newton quote? You, you can't tell the line not to roar. That's is right. that what it was? I think it is, yeah. I, that's what it is with Josh Allen. They can say all they want. It's we in want his it. blood. When Josh Allen is a baller, Josh Allen is just a plain, simple baller, and... When he's out there and he sees an opening and he's going to try to make a play, he's going to make a play. He's not going to be like, oh, you know what? I see an Coach opening told there. Me not the, to run I anymore. see an opening in the yeah. A gap, but they've told me not to run it. So, you know what I mean? He's just going to like. Um, now, do they maybe call less designed plays? I think so. Do I think they try to get him some help, right? So they added Dal- Dalton Kincaid out of the draft, I think will be helpful. I think, you know, Gabe Davis, a healthy Gabe Davis, again, we talked about this, like he had a high ankle sprain that wasn't reported. We knew there was something about his foot. We knew it was an ankle, but it wasn't reported as a high ankle sprain. And that was something that came out of this offseason at the Combine where both Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean both said, like, ah, because I asked both of them directly about Gabe Davis. They both said, like, well, he was dealing with a high ankle sprain. Everyone was like, like whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> A high ankle sprain, because that's different than what you guys said during the season. And that, I think, significantly changes how you perceive sure. his year last year. Obviously, they have Stefan Diggs. You mentioned James Cook. They have a couple of guys in Damon Harris and Latavius Murray who have proven to be pretty effective at the goal line. So, yeah, maybe. They, you know, he, could he lose two rushing touchdowns this year? Yeah, possibly. Slightly less yardage. But he's number two. I think he's a baller. I, I, he's had at least six rushing touchdowns in every single year he's played in the NFL. I see no reason why that won't continue. And I think the important thing is if we can flash my rankings back up there for people that are watching the show. I know people are hearing it on air, but if you if you um, uh, if you're if you're just listening to this, I have Jalen Hurts at 22 overall, Josh Allen at 23 overall, Patrick Mahomes at 24 overall. You see it there on your screen, all in a row. And the way I do my rankings, Connor, is that this, that's my way of saying, like, look, I have to put somebody in order. So, yes, all things considered, if I'm sitting there and I want a quarterback, I have Hurts, then Allen, then Mahomes. But by putting them all next to each other, it's my way of saying, like, I think it's razor thin. They're in a tier. I, they're in a tier. And, like, if you get to that point and you're like, I kind of like Mahomes a little bit better, you ain't losing because you have Patrick right. Mahomes on your team. Like, he's going to be awesome this year, as is Josh Allen as is Jalen Hurts. So that's why I have them all there. With Mahomes, he runs less, obviously, than Hurts or Allen. Again, new wide receivers. They're leaning a lot on Kadarius Toney. Can he stay healthy? Sky Moore's a young player. MVS is sort of inconsistent. Yes, they have Kelsey, but wrong. I mean, you know, so just, again, at this level, you have to nitpick. You have to really nitpick. And so I just feel there's less picks to knit 
with Jalen Hurts than there are with Allen or Mahomes. But again, they're all right there. They're all superstars. They're my first three quarterbacks off the board. They're all going to have monster years. That brings us to 25, which is Mark Andrews. All offseason, Barry, we have talked about the hiring of Todd Munkin to orchestrate this offense, going from Greg Roman's run-heavy design to Todd Munkin's. Uh, very famous for saying, I like big plays. I like explosive plays a few years ago. Now Mark Andrews into the fold with that, a happy and paid Lamar Jackson it feels like as long as he's healthy, Mark Andrews can be the force at the tight end position that he's been. And I think the important thing is that I think people are disappointed by Mark Andrews last year. But I think, you know, I don't think they appreciate how much Tyler Huntley affected Mark Andrews last year and that entire offense where they had to scale it back and they had to go even more run heavy. In the 10 games that Mark Andrews played last year with Lamar Jackson, a 28% target share, uh, over 60 receiving yards a game. He averaged 14.5 fantasy points per game. Compare that with Huntley, where he averaged just 9.1 fantasy points per game. We expect this offense to explode under Munkin. We expect there to be in, in scoring position quite often. Mark Andrews, friend of the podcast, Mark Andrews, by the way. We interviewed him last year. Like, he's still going to be their best red zone threat. And now the addition of Rashad, uh, the addition of o- Odell Beckham Jr., the drafting of Zay Flowers, having Rashad Bateman back. Suddenly, it's pick your poison. I think this passing offense still goes through Mark Andrews. I think he's still a big red zone and end zone target. It's worth noting that he was tied for the second most end zone targets among all tight ends. Last year, he was fourth in red zone targets. Again, they get in close. The Ravens look for Mark Andrews, and I think that will continue to be the case. But the fact of the matter is, is because you've got Beckham, because you've got Zay Flowers, because you've got a, the Lamar Jackson, who's always a threat to tuck it and run it, like, it's just pick your poison. And so there may be slightly less targets for Andrews, but again, I think they'll be more efficient. I think they'll play at a higher pace of play. I think they'll be in scoring position often. They're going to throw a lot more. I think Mark Andrews is the clear-cut number two tight end. And if you told me, if you sat here and said, Matthew, give me a tight end that finishes the – who? if I told you Travis Kelsey is not the number one tight end in fantasy this year, who is it? Mark Andrews is the number – is the guy. 26, an interesting one here in Chris Olave, Saints wide receiver, who had, honestly, on paper, a, a, at least a case to be the offensive rookie of the year last year. You're a little higher on Chris Olave here, Barry. Olave's uh, ADP right now, 32.3. You have him 26th overall. Obviously, all the news is that Michael Thomas is healthy. We'll see how long that lasts. But you are very high on Olave and his new quarterback connection now, Derek Carr, in the fold. Week two on. Again, again, they're just sort of like, you know, they had – they had Andy Dalton there, and, you know, the Saints offense last year was a bit of a mess. Um, but from week two on, Chris Olave had a 28% target share, which is top 10 among all wide receivers. They looked for him early and often. In games last year, he had 11 games last year where he had six or more targets. In those games, he averaged over 15 fantasy points per game. And I think an underrated aspect of Derek Carr being the new quarterback in New Orleans is this. Last two seasons, Derek Carr, top five in the NFL in both deep ball rate and deep completions. He likes to chuck it deep, which, by the way, that's what Chris Olave does. It's the name of his game. Right? Go down and get it. He's the air yards king. Thank you very much. Yes. I, I think Olave has a monster year. I, I think Derek Carr is a, an above-average NFL quarterback, but I think for Chris Olave, he's a perfect quarterback, especially as we talked about. Alvin Kamara is missing three games. We'll see how healthy he is. Yeah, sure, fine. Michael Thomas is healthy now. Okay, we'll see how long that lasts, but whatever. This passing offense is going to go through Chris Olave. 
think he's going to get a again a 28 percent target share i see nothing in what we have this year that makes me think that's going down if anything i think that goes up i think he will i think Derek carr will lock onto chris olave the way he locked onto Devonte adams Devonte adams last year and so I, again I had a short list of people that were my fantasy that were my fantasy ride or die, and Chris Olave was on that list. The top 30 rounds out with T. Higgins at 27, Devontae Smith at 28, 29 is Ramondre Stevenson, and 30 Joe Mixon from the Bengals. And so there I, you have it, Barry. They well, I'll say this: if the Patriots don't sign another running back, and I really think they will, I think it'll be Zeke or Fournette. You know, they've kicked the tires on both those guys. They definitely want another veteran in there, from what everything I've heard. Once they sign him, I think you could see me flipping Mixon. I love Ramondre Stevenson, but I think you could, I, you could see me flipping Mixon and Stevenson. But I will say this. If for some reason they don't, if the, if the Patriots go into the season saying we're, we're good with, you know, Pierre Strong and J.J. Taylor and, you know, whatever, oh, Ramondre Stevenson goes way up. He's ranked where he is because I'm, I'm assuming there'll be, there'll be another guy signed and then we're just waiting to see sort of who it is. Um, but, uh, but if not, you know, Stevenson, I think is just a really talented running back. So I think he'll go uh, high up. And I think some people might be surprised to see Devonte Smith that high, but real quickly go to my hundred facts column, which is free NBCSports.com, rotorworld.com on company man. But you'll see there in my hundred facts column, the hundred facts you need to know before you draft, I lay out like the numbers for AJ Brown and Devonte Smith after like a certain period of time, like I think it was a couple weeks in, and you look at them, the numbers are like identical. Like Devontae Smith had a bad week one. And then from like week two on, like they were more or less the same guy. A.J. Brown has more touchdown equity, obviously, but people are sleeping on Devontae Smith. Do you think if he looked as physically imposing as A.J. Brown, they'd be viewed yes. exactly the same? That's my That's theory. That's the problem. Yeah, he He's just, a slim he reaper. He doesn't, right, he doesn't look like... But when you look at the numbers, like you said, especially after that week one, not that different. So, yeah. All right. That's a wrap for us. We will be back on Wednesday with more rankings. More rankings. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. It's closing time. Jay is taking lonely showers alone, but he'll be back here on Wednesday. Very excited for Connor Rogers. I'm Matthew Berry. Peace out. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.